do something, bro. That's how Ohio State ended practice on Friday morning, the open practice for the media. And if that tells you about how it went, uh, get ready, buckle up, because that was not the best practice any of us have ever seen. It's time for some snappy Jays about it. That's Bill Landis, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. It wasn't a full practice. I mean, it was pretty light. They're getting ready for a scrimmage on Saturday. Um, but I don't feel like the Buckeyes left very satisfied. And Mecca Ibuka gave that message reminding the Buckeyes that they play in two and a half weeks, that if they perform like that on practice consistently, that they wouldn't get to the team up north in the way that they want. Yeah, I didn't like expect to see a whole lot. I figured it would be a slower pace practice, non-contact with the scrimmage coming on Saturday. Uh, it was not particularly spirited uh, uh, effort from really kind of anybody. Um, just not a lot, whole lot of juice out here. A little flat. But I, th I think those practices happen throughout camp. They are a little over a week into this now, so maybe it's not terribly surprising. But it's probably not what you want to see before the first scrimmage. We had a similar experience in the spring one of the practices was just awful and and it didn't really matter that much in spring but now as as Emeka Abuka reminded uh the backup offensive line we're two and a half weeks away from the start of the season three weeks away like you better figure this out when he's yelling at them we can't even complete a screen pass like that's not something that Emeka Abuka wants to do <laughs> like he is trying obviously to be more demonstrative and be a more vocal leader but that's not the message you want to be sending and it was pretty weird watching the backup offensive line. I mean, Mike Seleni chasing them out onto the field because one of the quarterbacks had to break out of the pocket and was running down the field, and all the offensive linemen were standing at the line of scrimmage instead of running down the field to block for him, and Seleni ends up running across the field saying, the quarterback's running with the ball. Why aren't you following him? Like, it, it's, it seemed weird. I mean, we, we had a, a number of guys not participating fully, a, lot, a couple of guys that are – out there, but really shouldn't be. Uh, you know, Michael Hall with a ton of tape on his ankle. Sonny Styles and and uh, Malik Hartford in green non-contact jerseys. Uh, Joe Royer not practicing. We didn't see Mayan Williams at all. Both uh, Mayan Williams and Tyleek Williams, according to the program, were unavailable. So that's they weren't out there, yeah. but they they did clarify that part. They, so they have an injury. Yeah. So like we. You start to see the rigors of camp. Uh, we're one week in, and all of a sudden, that fully healthy, we're, we got no problems, all of a sudden looks a little weird when Tyler Williams isn't out there. Michael Hall's gimping around. Kenyatta Jackson has to come off the field because he got a little bit dinged Noah up. Noah Rogers. Noah Rogers gets dinged up. After, I mean, he came back in and made another couple ridiculous cuts. That dude, I mean, we've talked about that another time. Like, every catch he makes is like absurd. Real. Yeah. Um, but it definitely is not the type of practice you want heading into your first real competitive session tomorrow. Yeah, I certainly would prefer to come out, do some snap judgments and talk about the depth chart and who we saw where and break down the quarterbacks. And we will. I did not think we would have to like, I'm not a football coach. I wouldn't want to structure an entire training camp. I thought, I, I think seeing again, the split squad stuff doesn't seem to be doing anyone on the field, any favors whatsoever. Most notably because of the offensive line nature and then putting both Kyle McCord behind them in jeopardy one time and then Devin Brown behind them another. I don't know who that's to the benefit of. Breaking up Emeka Ibuka and Julian Fleming on one field and Marvin Harrison on the other. They know so much more football than me. I wouldn't even pretend to know how to accomplish that. But I, it was weird for me to watch it. <laughs> it is strange. I, I, again, wonder if they're doing that all the time or just doing that when we're in here. I think it's the latter. Um, it does seem odd to structure a quarterback competition 
in different environments for you. Like, and like they were split on the fields and like Kyle McCord was on one field for one of those periods. And then they flip flops. So they're like getting equal reps behind, I guess the worst offensive line and, and, and vice versa. But I think you'd want to see both of those guys with the same lines, with the same receivers, with the same running backs and tight ends and see who performs better. And at least today and the time we were out here last week, they didn't do that. I'm sure they will do that in the scrimmage. I'm sure they have done that at points previous in camp. But today it made for a bit of a mess. Oh, but they are rotating them. They, you are seeing them both with the same offensive line, the same receivers, just – no, but I want to. But like, I don't with want. The first, I don't want Kyle McCord and then Tristan Jebbia. No, it, I want it, McCord it's a and Brown, weird McCord setup. And Brown, but McCord I think the idea has to be get each of them all the reps and then see how they perform. In I, I do think there's some psychological benefit to learning how they perform when they're under incredible pressure, and how it how they perform when things are not well. I, if we're going to look for one positive today, for me, it was that the first team offensive line, the presumptive first team offensive line, did a pretty good job. Yep. Um, when I was specifically watching Kyle McCord behind them, he had a lot of time to throw, and Devin Brown and uh, Lincoln Keenholz were running for their life with behind the backup yeah, offensive line. Yeah. And you know, heading into the season, the offensive line depth was like concern one, and there is no doubt about it that that is the biggest concern. That backup group was being eaten alive by the defensive line. It was the backup defensive line. Even Arvell Reese, who's now working at defensive end to, in order to help mitigate the loss of Omar Ebor, he's running through guys. And like he's been practicing at defensive end for 14 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really, really discouraging from the backup offensive line. Uh, Josh Simmons was on the left side, Bill. He was. There was no like flip-flopping of tackles today. Josh Simmons did everything on the left side. Josh Fryer did everything on the right side. Tegra Shabola was on the left side. Luke Montgomery was on the right side. So that is basically a flip from what we saw on the first day of camp. But I thought we might see like back and forth throughout this practice. We did not. It was, if you started on the left, you stayed on the left. If you started on the right, you stayed on the right. Um, I think Josh Fryer continues to look pretty good. I thought he looked fine on the right, on the left side when we were out here the first day of camp. He looked fine on the right side. Um, today, he had a really, really good rep against JT Tuimolowal during the pass rush period where JT attacked him outside, tried to like do a spin and counter inside, and Josh was ready for it and stuck him with the inside hand and, and won that rep, which I thought was really encouraging to see. Um, Josh Simmons, I think, moves moves well. Um, he's got a lot to work through, but I, if the idea is we want to give him a shot at left because we think he's our most athletic tackle, I, I probably agree with that. That probably makes sense. Um, but it is not particularly reassuring to see experimentation with the left tackle position. But maybe it's not that. Maybe they just settled on its prior on the right and, and Simmons on the left. I, I don't know yet. Which is kind of crazy but. considering that was not even a thought five days ago. Yeah. I mean, I don't I, – like Josh Fryer started at right tackle against Indiana last year and I thought performed very well. Indiana's defense is not tremendous, but he had a good game at right tackle. I think if he is a tackle, he's a right tackle. Um, but someone's got to play on the left side, so we might as well put the more experienced, more athletic guy there. Yeah. I mean, it just a couple of days ago we thought the left tackle was figured out. And you, now you have to sort out the right tackle. Now maybe right tackle sorted out, and now you have to figure out the left tackle. Yeah, like, in my opinion, I'd rather have to be figuring out right tackle I agree. Yeah. Um, at this point as opposed to left. But again, we are not coaches. Um, Berm, you already uh, alluded to this with the loss of Amari Abor and Arvell Reese moving up and working with the defensive ends. I think you always thought that would be the home for him. Maybe not this quickly. No, I don't think – I mean, his idea coming into college is he wants to be a linebacker. Ohio State thought that he's a player who could be a, a, a jack. He could be end up growing into a, a Mike. Um, but at his size, with his length, like he's in a good fit at defensive end if, if you're looking for just a straight-up 
edge rusher. I think for, for his skill set, it probably suits him better um, because it's more just see ball, get ball type of stuff. And, and that's where I think Arvell will excel. Arvell excels in, in that mm. situation. So um, there's, there's a really high upside for him athletically. And so I think it's about hoping that Ohio State doesn't get stuck in the pattern that they've had the last few years where you have those tweeners where you just keep changing and changing and changing. Put him in one spot and let him figure it out. Um, I, I think for his long-term future, defensive end is where that should be. And so maybe it's a serendipitous for him that it happens this early because otherwise I think he would have been resistant to it. But Yeah, and the one thing you don't want is I'm going to steal what Bill said when we were on the field. You don't want a Baron Browning situation. Yeah. Just go with it, let him learn it and grow, and then uh, don't waste some of that athleticism over time. All right, quarterbacks, go. Kyle McCord was better today, better than Devin Brown today, not better than with last time I saw him. Uh, more consistent. He had one throw that was like, or he had a couple of throws that he missed, like both guys missed throws. There was like a, a sequence where they were on the split fields. Devin Brown threw a really nice deep ball to Jaden Ballard, Ballard, like straight down the middle of the field off play action. Other side of the field, Kyle McCord comes back, runs the same play. He gets pressured, has to sidestep it, and then step up a little bit, and he left his ball a little short. That was like the only play where I thought to myself, like, Kyle could have done a little bit better of a job, but throw for throw, I thought he was more consistent. Today. I will say... Kyle McCord had to deal with the pressure, and Denzel Burke was in coverage on McCord's throw. I'm not trying to argue. No, he but wasn't. Jaden Ballard like five steps past Ryan yeah, Turner. Yeah, Jaden Ballard was definitely more open. Um, the ball, the ball McCord threw was just behind Julian Fleming, and Denzel was in a really good position to, to make the play. Like if Julian Fleming was as open as Jaden Ballard was on that play, he probably would have caught the ball despite it being under. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean that to sound argumentative, America. No, it's it's good to point out. It was a good play by Denzel Burke, which people like to hear. Uh, Again, I think the defensive backs should be one of these areas where people should feel really good. But you want to be careful that you're not over-inflating what they're doing because the quarterbacks and the offensive line and wide receivers are not synced up. And that, to me, is the biggest issue right now is if you look at the quarterbacks, both of them, timing is off. And it's going to be off as long as they don't feel comfortable in the pocket. And so Ohio State's going to have to figure out a way to – to remedy that, but throwing the ball today, just releasing it, getting it where it needed to be, Kyle McCord was better um, throughout the whole day, and that's even when he was with the first-team offensive line or when Devin Brown was with the first-team offensive line. Um, but again, the, sec- the last portion of team stuff wasn't even – it was not worth watching what Devin Brown was doing because he could not do anything. I will say, too, like it, I feel like it's worth mentioning before – like Mike Hall dinged up something and like was kind of – out of stuff the second half of practice, but he was in stuff the first half. And on that field where it was mostly backup offensive linemen, JT and Mike Hall were also on that field. Yeah. So it's like that's not the, entirely fair. That's the stuff that I'm talking about. Like, who is this doing a favor for? Yeah. It doesn't help JT or Mike Hall, and it doesn't help those offensive linemen yeah. who have no chance right. in the world of blocking them. That's like, yeah. I don't, that part is like, that really I thought was strange. Uh, Devin Brown, I thought, made one of the better throws. You already mentioned which one it was, Bill. But the rest was the volatility of Devin Brown is why I think that Kyle McCord will ultimately win the job. Uh, Some of this stuff about Devin Brown's mobility and stuff outside the pocket, it doesn't seem like that's currently a strength of his when he's throwing the football. Even on air, the accuracy was pretty suspect. And I hate to say or judge things off of such a small sample size because he's had eight other days and he's clearly – done enough to be in the battle to, to win the job for Ohio State. Um, that's sort of the nature of the fact that we only get have got to watch two of these days is that 
we can only evaluate what we see and it's such a small amount. And I, I didn't think it was not, it was definitely not Devin Brown's best day of the seven now that we've had to watch over the last six months. And I thought that Kyle McCord capping it with uh, a deep post, gorgeous ball to Brandon Ennis for a touchdown will certainly, uh, I don't know, reinforce in my mind a lot of the things that I said on the daily this morning. So Yeah, that was a good throw. Good throw. And nice to see Brandon Ennis get in the end zone too. The receiver, like I want to, it was a, it was definitely a flat practice. I don't know that it was flat across the board, but the DBs had good juice to them. I hope the receivers were playing pretty well. It was like mostly when you watch that backup offensive line field and everything was a mess yeah. and you sort of felt like this is not a good practice, but there were, I think things to get excited about. Like we mentioned a, a few of them. I thought like Caden Curry had a pretty good practice. He jumped out to me a few times. Evan Pryor and a practice where like Maya Williams is not here. Maybe Evan Pryor gets a little more work, like really quick feet, like just like lightning quick feet. And it was a reminder that like, I don't, I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but if he needs to be put in a position where he can help the offense, I think he can do it. Yeah, I mentioned on this morning's daily, like I wanted to see how they deployed the running backs in the passing game. And they did that a lot. A lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think that the the mentality for Ohio State when you are breaking in a new quarterback, when you do have this offensive line um, concerns, is that you're going to see them probably take more of a you can't go broke if you're taking a profit approach. And I, we saw the pass a lot of balls to the tight end, a lot of balls to the running backs, and that's going to be a little bit frustrating, I think, for people if this is the continued way because you have a Mecca Book and Marvin Harrison. But if you don't have time to get him the football, then you're going to have to find other creative ways to get him the football mm-hmm. closer to the line of scrimmage. So. Um, I don't. Again, I don't think they showed us a lot today on purpose, um, but there there will have to be some adjustments to get those guys closer to the quarterbacks, um, if if this is how it's going to be. But again, I thought the first team offensive line acquitted themselves pretty nicely today, uh, yeah. for the most part. So yeah. I, that is encouraging. Wide receivers, defensive backs, as you said, encouraging. I'm I love what the linebackers are doing. They are fast. They know where they're going. C.J. Hicks. Steel Chambers, Cody Simon blowing up plays all over the place, Tommy Eichenberg doing what he does. Like, I think that's a really good group. I think it's just going to be hard to leave this building today without going, ooh, boy, that backup. If you have any sort of issues on the offensive line health-wise, you have major problems. I don't – yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't – it's and um, it's maybe more on the interior than it is in the tackle positions for me. Like, you have Enoch Mahi and then – not a whole lot else. I don't. I don't. It's precarious. Mm. Fun day at the Woody Hayes Athletics. I'm glad we get to see it. But yeah, I'm like this two and a half or whatever it is. Yeah, three you, weeks you don't want to play a game. They could look awesome next week. Yeah. You don't want to overreact, of course. But I'm, like, I'm not. It was not a good day, but I'm, I'm not going to overreact to it. Now. Yeah, I don't think it changes anything for the actual season itself. But yeah. it, it, there was a lot of weirdness and that's the stuff that they have to get through you're going to have days in training camp where you don't want to practice you're doing it every single day against the same people there's frustration i i get that for sure um it it doesn't mean that this team can't win a national championship because they are incredibly talented but they have to push through that if you're going to win one you're going to have bad days and you can't you can't let it compound with a lot of your effort and again it's maybe not even fair for me to say it that that was the way it happened today but because it was probably designed not to go 100%. They didn't have the full pads on or taking anybody to the ground. But I, it wasn't a, like the most fun day we could have watched. No, and it'll, I we didn't talk to anybody afterward. I kind of wish we could have talked to Ryan Day. We won't talk to him again until next Wednesday. But I still even think that far removed from what happened today, it'll be interesting to ask him, like, what did you think of Friday? And was Saturday any different? Yeah, for those, speaking of, like, watching something different, if you are watching this on YouTube, I do notice 
that the lighting keeps changing on our video. And that's because we are forced to be in this corner of the Woody today where we are not normally. And there's these random spots of light behind us, that, mm. uh, doors that are open. And every time one of us doesn't stand directly in its path, the camera uh, auto adjusts the lighting. So it's going a little dark, then a little light, a little dark. But that's the beauty of technology. It does it automatically. <laughs> um, and that's awesome. But we know what's not awesome <laughs> when people are going to see this or listen to this and think to themselves, well, our state sucks. And that's, well, that's not the point that I was right, trying to That's make. not what we're trying to get across here. This is, this is what happens in training camp. This is the point of training camp. I mean, by its very definition, you want to suck more in training camp than you do in the regular season, right? I mean, that's because you're training, yeah. right? Yeah. So you're yeah. supposed to be getting better. Um, today, maybe they didn't get better, but it doesn't mean they got worse. Sometimes you just plateau a little bit. You got to dig deep, get better the next day. Yeah, I mean, that's that's football. That's that's sprouts. That's sprouts that maybe. is. And these were Snappy Jays on the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Probably not the one that you were hoping to hear, but uh, that's what we saw in here. And uh, Marvin scrimmage. Harrison's still really good. He's still very good. Mm -hmm. There's a scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, and then uh, the rest of that weekend, we'll try and get as much info as we can for you and pass that along on the various platforms that we have available for you all. That's Bill and Burham. I'm Austin. Thanks again. We'll talk to you later.